Amen. Okay, last week, last week we were in to be continued. Actually, it's kind of that was kind of like third week, but we had the water baptism thrown in. I just did an eight-minute sermon there, so you know, uh, you know, it's hard for us preachers to call eight minutes a real sermon. So it's kind of like this is the third sermon of the series. Last week, as we were standing in worship, I just I, some thoughts so it just kind of came to me, and I almost put it in my message. In it's almost like I was thinking of just a great illustration as I was standing there, and, and I almost threw it into the sermon last week. But I thought, no, I, I think I need to save this and just pray about it. So I did, and, and this past week. Yeah, this, this is the introduction. So here's the introduction. It comes from last week. Last week as we were singing Brave, you know, the song, you make me brave, you make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. Uh, we were singing that last week. And I began to think about several years ago, Deva and I had the amazing opportunity to go to Hawaii. Now listen, I always thought Hawaii was one of those places you go just so you can check it off. Say, okay, yeah, I've been there, done that. But I want to go back and want to go back and want to go back. Actually, I love coconut and pineapple so much. I think maybe that was really where I was supposed to be born. But for some reason, there was a mix-up in heaven, you know. And and I, I, I but you, I loved it. We were we were there. And, and listen, you know, uh, we're we're not people that have just a whole lot of money laying around. I mean, it, it was a blessing that that somebody somebody gave to us, a previous church gave to us, and just thought we needed to break. They were right. But uh, but we went there. It was. Everything you imagine, and, and even more. I, 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 got, I got to tell you this. I mean, like Oahu, the island where uh, Honolulu is, and it, it's 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 pretty much everything you picture about Hawaii and everything you hear about. It, it's there, the busyness and all of that, and but then the history also. Every American needs to stand on the USS Arizona Memorial. Every one of them needs to stand on that memorial and look down and see that oil still bubbling up from that ship of those men that gave their life when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Every, every, one, every one of you needs to do that. After we were there just, uh, I think, of three nights, we went over to Maui. And Maui, it's, it's kind of like, like the other island in a lot of ways because it's, it's the stuff you don't expect. And it's, it's the more laid back. You know, Honolulu's just, you know, I mean, they've got an interstate, you know, on Oahu. You know, and Maui is two-lane roads everywhere. I don't think I saw a four-lane road anywhere on Maui. It's laid back, it's peaceful, it's beautiful. Gotta tell you this story. I don't know that it really fits into the message or not, but I'm preaching, so don't worry about it, okay? Uh, but one day, this, this, this was David's favorite day on the trip. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, okay? Uh, we went to Hana. Uh, you know, if you know anything about Hawaii, you may know about Hana. Hana's this remote village. I mean, you almost can't get there from here. It is two-lane road like this. Like this and like this and and all along the way you stop and you walk out and you see a you know you see a, a, a waterfall or you walk and you see something else there's just beautiful stuff all along the way so it's like nearly a morning just driving just to get there now we get to Hana I mean we're we're around the the southeast corner uh, of this this island and we get there and and, and I, I knew that Charles Lindbergh and if you know that name I mean he was really famous pilot, you know, first guy to fly solo across the Atlantic. He was buried at, at, a, at a cemetery just eight miles south of Hana. And I said, we, we, we got to do that. There's, you know, it, it was really tough just getting David there. There's no way David and I are ever going to be in Hana again. So I said, we got to drive down those other eight miles. So we drive down those other eight miles and we get to the cemetery and we get out of the car and I, I won't bore you with all the details, but let me just tell you this. I was within inches of falling off a 140 foot cliff. I mean, I, I, I looked up and boom, I am right there. I, I had tripped. I didn't even know the cliff was there. It was hidden by some brush. I tripped over a down fence. And when I caught myself, I'm standing there and I'm looking, I am this close to the edge of a 140 foot cliff. Now, if I had fallen off, not only would that have been a horrible result for me, but Deva 
I would have left her stranded there with a couple of hippies who were making out in the cemetery, right, as we were, as we were driving up. I, I reminded her of this story. I asked her the other day just a little bit about that. And, you know, there was almost, a, in her eyes, almost a disgust or an anger that came, not really an anger, but like a, just an irritation with her that came across her face. Guys, you know how when you, you wake up one morning, you tell your wife about a dream you had, you know, or something, or she tells you about a dream she had, and, and the dream to her, whether it, it was real, it doesn't matter if it's real or not, it was really a dream, you know, and, and, you know, and she's mad at you, it was like that. You know, and David said, yes, and if you'd have fallen off that, you would have left me with those hippies that were making out in the cemetery, you know. I, yeah, but what about me? You know, okay. But that's not really what, I, I had to tell you that story, really kind of cool, wasn't it? That wasn't what came to my mind uh, last week. That was just stuff that came to my mind again this week. But what came to my, that was one of my two de- near-death experiences. I'll have to tell you about the other one, some other sermon, all right? What came to my mind last week as we were singing this song, you call me out beyond the shore into the waves, was my, our first day on the beach at Maui. That was the day that we enjoyed the beach. Now, I'll say we enjoyed the beach and we enjoyed it both in our own ways. David's way of enjoying the beach is to lay on, you know, one of those chase lounges out there, you know, with our eyes closed. And I'm like, well, you can do this at home. You can close your eyes. We can play Hawaiian music. You can imagine you're in Hawaii. You know, we're here. Let's do something. You know, as I'm looking out there and the waves are, now to me, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, you know, Panama City, you know, that's where I grew up, right? You know, as far as weekends and w- when we were able to get away on the beach. And, and so, you know, four or five foot waves are pretty monstrous to these waves. And, and, and this is a shore that's not known for surfing. So there's no surfing, no boards out there, but people were body surfing. You know what that is? We do a lot of that. You know, we like, you just, you just shoot out there in front of the waves and it picks you up. These waves were six and eight foot tall. And I, said, I was looking at that and said, I am going out in those waves. I'm going out to play. I get out there in the waves, and there are about a dozen other guys out there with me. But I am 20 years old. I'm 41 years old at that point. I am 20 years older than anybody else out there. So all the, others, all the other guys my age are all scared to death. I'm out there with the teenagers. I'm out there with the 18-year-olds, you know, and I am having a blast. Here's what body surfing does. When you, when you jump out in front of a wave, it just like carries you. It just pushes you on, and it's just, it's just kind of a thrill to just feel the power of that wave behind you. But these waves, six and eight foot tall, these waves, it was like they weren't just pushing you. It's like they were picking you up. And then pushing you. It's like you just felt yourself just, I mean, the wave actually lifted you up higher than you were. And I mean, you're, you're like eight, nine, ten feet in the air, you know, up there riding that wave as you're going in. And, and, and I, it's exhilarating. It's amazing the power that is in that wave, especially something that big. Now, I found out later that the reason the waves were there is because there was a red flag, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I did, did notice the red flag, but uh, there was a big, huge storm out in the ocean that was causing these big, huge waves on this beach that normally didn't have these waves of this size. You know, there are bigger ones in other parts of Hawaii, but this is a different, different beach. And, and this beach, it's not like Gulf Shores and Panama City, how, how, you know, it just slowly rises, but this one had a pretty, pretty steep incline coming up. And so these eight-foot waves were, were crashing in water about, like, about this deep, you know, about two feet deeper or smaller. And so it, it, was, it was like a quick ride. There wasn't much to it. This one wave, though, picked me up and did an inverted DDT on me. Any of you wrestling fans out there, you know what that is? It picked me up, okay? It, and I must have jumped out in front of it a little, a little crooked because it picked me up and it kind of turned me upside down and sideways and then it just drove me down into the sand at about... 
about this much water, drove me down through the water into the sand, boom, on this shoulder. You know, and I'll get up, you know, and I'm crawling out of the, out of the water, you know, and I'm thinking I'm going to go sit down with my David for just a few moments, you know, and, you know, and I'm holding, she says, are you all right? And I said, I'm having a blast, <laughs> you know, and I wore this injury, I wore this injury for, as a medal for about six months, you know. Anytime, especially anytime somebody say golf. I used to play golf. You know, I, I used to know what that game was. I don't know that I was ever any good at it, but I used to play it. And anytime somebody just mentioned golf, I'd say, well, you know, I hadn't been able to play golf in about two months. And if they didn't bite, then I'd say, yeah, I hadn't been able to play golf in about two months. And if they still didn't bite, I'd say, yes, yeah, this injured my shoulder. You know, I'd keep pushing. Normally people didn't need a lot of push until they'd finally say, well, Rick, how did you injure your shoulder? And I'd pause just, a brief moment to make sure I had their attention. I'd say, oh, body surfing on Maui. And I just enjoyed walking around with my injury to say body surfing. It was my medal. I've been body surfing. I mean, how many people get to say, I've been body surfing on Maui. I mean, you know, I get to say that. Let me tell you who gets to say that. People that get in the waves. The people that get in the waves get to say that. The people that don't get into the waves, they never get to say those things. The song that we're singing, you call me out beyond the shore into the waves. I mean, what, when you see that picture, what does that make you do? I mean, if some of you, it makes you want to lay back, read a book, and go to sleep, right? Not me. There's a call. There's a, I gotta, I gotta be in the middle of that, you know? I, oh, wow, look at that wave. Now, this, these, are, these are probably good-sized waves for Gulf Shores, you know, that, that one in the picture there. But they're nothing like the ones that were there. When I see that, I think, man, next time I get to, get to the beach, I hope we have some waves like that. I love it. it. It just draws me into that. Okay, listen. There are, this proverbial shoreline here, there are three groups of people that are standing there. Okay? And we are all one of those three groups of people. The first one is those who, those who are the stares, the ones who are staring. Now, these are the ones who have never ventured out on the surf. As a matter of fact, they didn't even realize that there was a possibility that I can go out there and do that. They, they, they had never seen anybody else actually try to brave the, wa the waves in the water. And so they just stare there and, they, and then they just wonder. Maybe they see finally someone steps out and they see someone being, being just, uh, just exhilarated by the experience and, and they begin to think, well, if they can do it, can, can I do it? And they begin to wonder if they can. And, and I'm not just talking about waves here, guys. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about spiritual works. I'm talking about the power of God moving in your life. And so there are some of you that you're, you're still standing there and you're staring and you're thinking, I hope I get the chance to do something more than just sit here on a chair and listen. Like you've heard me now tell at length my story, and I got a lot more story about Hawaii, okay? But you, you've heard me tell at length my story of being in the waves, and, and you're just sitting there, and you might be thinking, man, I would like to do that. And spiritually, there are some of you who are in the, in the same place. You're saying, man, I hear a pastor talking about miracles, and I hear a pastor talking about amazing things can happen in my life, and, and how he asks us at times, to, if we need amazing to raise our hand, we need God to do amazing in our lives, raise our hand, and I hear him, but you know, is, is it ever possible, is it ever gonna be possible for me to, to get out of the seat, and for me to get into the waves? And so these are the stairs because you haven't yet figured out if it, and let me tell you, it is. It's not just possible. There is a call. God is calling you into the waves. We'll talk about, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But the second group is those who are ignoring. Those ignoring the call. You know, you can find those, those are the busy people. Real busy. 
They're helping set up the chase lounges, you know, the ones with the, the umbrellas, you know. They're helping set, y'all, y'all go ahead. You know, yeah, I see those big, beautiful waves. That's awesome. Yeah, y'all go ahead. and let, let me just finish this first. And they've always got something else to do instead of following the call of God. Now, listen to me. I'm talking to some very busy people. That it's really easy to get caught up in being so busy, busy for God, that you're not really answering the call of what God has put on your life. It's so easy to do something just to do so that you can be busy. And there are people standing on the shore, fearful of going out and what it's going to be out there. And so they find something to do in the safety of the shore. Let me, let me, just, let me just do, and I started to name several little things around here that you could do. You know what, there are important jobs all around this church on Sundays and all week. A lot of jobs on Sundays. And we've got empty spots that need to be filled. But some of those jobs, they're very important, and thank God for the people that do them. But if it's not the thing that you're called to do, you need to stop doing that because it's a safety place for you, and you need to listen to the call to get out of the ways. Because a third group of people are those who are. They are those who listen, who trust, and obey. That's last week's sermon. That's why you see you need to go back and hear that if you didn't hear it this week, if you weren't here last Sunday. These are those that have gone, they've started listening I hear the waves calling me. I hear God calling me to step beyond the safety of the shore. And they've begun to trust that this same God that created this whole world and created everything that now begins to be in an upheaval in our lives, that this same God that created all this and calls us out in the middle of it, that he's got a plan. He's not calling us out there for us to be destroyed. He's not calling us out there for uh, us to be hurt or injured. He's not calling us out there for us to go down in the middle of our battles. But he's, he's got a plan, a plan that when we get up there, a plan of something, to settle something, a plan to bring a miracle, a plan to bring the amazing thing that we need in our lives. And so we trust, and we trust that, and so because we've listened and we trust, we obey and we step in, and, and so when we step into the ways and we're willing to do that, and now all of a sudden we get to feel the exhilaration of not just the power of God moving us, but the power of God using us, the power of God flowing through us, the very power of God, just like these huge waves that just pick us up and enable us to be more than we ever were, to enable us to go farther than we've ever gone, enable us to do more than we could ever imagine or think could be done. That's what his word promises, that he is able to, to do exceedingly, abundantly above everything we could ask or even imagine. And, and, and to experience it, that's what these who listen, trust, and obey, they have begun to experience and understand. But let me caution you, if you're in that third group already and you've started, let me caution you, it gets real easy to step back out and start doing some comfortable things on the shore. but there are no miracles on the shore because they aren't needed on the shore. I don't need a miracle when I'm comfortable. I don't need a miracle when everything is easy. I don't need a miracle when there are no problems, but the part of my life where the problems are is out there in the waves. The tempest, the waves, everything. That's where things are turned upside down and things are twisting and things are going in in, in wrong directions. I I don't have to have God to sit on a shore. That's why so many Christians today don't need much of God. They just need about an hour and 15 minutes because they're sitting on the shore. But let me tell you, your problems of your life are not on the shore, and your problems are out there. And if you're still sitting here on the shore and your problems are still rolling out there, 
You will never solve your problems that are out there. You will never solve those tempests and those storms that are out there as long as you are sitting on the shore just staring or ignoring or staying busy. You have to get into the storms. You have to step into the waves. You have to listen to what God is calling. You have to listen to that call to be involved. You have to listen. He didn't, he didn't create you to be, a, to be a spectator. He created you to be a hero. He created you to be a champion. He created you to give you power to enable you to overcome and to conquer all of the storms and the demons that you're going to have to face in life, but you're not going to do it standing on the shore. you got to be willing to get out and step into the waves. Let me show you the, the, I meant the exact story. It's more than a metaphor, but it's in the book of Matthew. It's not a metaphor. This is a story. This actually happened. But it is a good example for the rest of us, metaphorically. This is in chapter 14, verse 24. The disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Somebody fighting heavy waves today? About 3 a.m., Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, some people have a problem with this. Jesus walked on the water? Listen, if he created water, don't you think he'd know how to walk on it? I mean, if he, he created gravity and he knows how to hold, don't you think God, he would know how to do it? I mean, it's amazing the stuff that, you know, we can believe God. Oh, God created, I mean, we can't believe the little things that he would do. I mean, if he created it, I believe he can walk on it. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage, I am here. Listen, somebody needs to hear this today. Trust. Don't be afraid. What's the storm in your life? Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You need to see that. That whatever your storms are in your life, Jesus is walking on top of them. There is nothing that is ever going to come in. And so, and so whether you're on his shoulders and you're excited, man, we're having a party, we're parading it, or, or he's having to carry you. Either way, he's walking on top and you're over, the, you're over the waves too. You're over all of it. He said, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Uh, I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Peter, are you crazy? You ever think about that? I mean, we don't want to step into the waves. And Simon Peter's saying, if that's you, Jesus, let me, let me step out of the boat and come out there where you are. Simon Peter, you got to be crazy. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. I like immediately twice. Immediately Jesus spoke and said, take courage. It's me, I'm here. And immediately he reaches down and grabs hold. You can trust him. He's not gonna leave you dangling. He's not gonna leave you worrying. He's not gonna leave you in fear. You can trust him that he's gonna be there for you. Uh, immediately he reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. Now, Simon Peter gets a really bad rap from here, and even Jesus gets on him a little bit. Because Simon Peter begins to lose faith. He begins to doubt because he starts looking, and we could preach here a long time. I'm not going to preach here a long time. Because I don't want to talk about that, about how he, how he started doubting. But we, we, we criticize him. He's, he's taken a lot of critique over the years because of this. But has anybody here ever walked on water? Let whoever in this room has ever walked on water criticize Simon Peter today. 
You know, until you've walked on water, I mean, don't criticize Simon Peter. If he took one step before he started sinking, that was one more than I've ever taken. But look at this. Remember the verse right there uh, before, before on the, at the bottom of the screen just before this? Simon Peter was not begged. He was not cajoled. He was not even called. Simon Peter said, let me come out there, Lord. He said, if it's you, call me out to be with you. He was looking for a calling. He was looking for an opportunity. You know, and, and, and I've thought sometimes he was in a boat that was being tossed with all these storms and waves. Anybody been in a boat lately? Feel like that's what your life, you know? You've been tossed, storms and waves. I mean, there's no peace. It's, it's like if this thing would just settle for just a moment, you know, where I could get my sea legs under me, whatever. Perhaps Simon Peter was in the middle of that so long he thought, well, I can either stay in this boat where there's a storm or I can go out there with a Savior who is walking on the storm. And maybe it was the faith inside of Peter that said, said Jesus, if that's you out there, I don't want to be here anymore. Let me come out there to you. Maybe it wasn't that big a statement of faith as maybe sometimes we think about, but he did ask to step out into the waves. There was something inside of him. You know, a lot of times, I think I've looked, you know, Jesus had, he had 12 disciples, right? But he had these three, Peter, James, and John, that he always took with him to, it's like he went to, to raise a little girl back from the dead. And the disciples were with him, and he just took Peter, James, and John in. Actually, they're where he, where he prayed and brought the little girl back to life. The night before his death, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed, he had his disciples with him and he said, y'all stay here and pray. But then he took Peter, James, and John a little bit farther. And he said, y'all stay here and pray. And then he went farther. There was something about Peter, James, and John. And sometimes you look at it and just say, what is the deal with them? Did he just like them better? You know, did they just tell better jokes? Did he just have faith? And so sometimes now here, here Simon Peter has witnessed a miracle. He has actually been part of the miracle. Walking on water and sometimes it's easy to look and say, well, he was just Jesus' favorite. And that's why he got that opportunity to, to, to do that. You know, and that's the way we sometimes look at other people. Sometimes we sit in our chairs on the beach and, and we just look at other people and say, they got a miracle. You know, because God called them out to do something great and awesome. He ain't called me to do something like that. Perhaps, next slide for me, Tommy, perhaps. The longer I work with people, I've pastored over 20 years right now, I've come to feel this, is that being chosen often depends on our willingness to step out into the waves. Jesus already knows how we're going to respond when he says, come out here into the waves. And perhaps he doesn't waste his time asking when he knows the answer is gonna be no. But for those that he knows, I'm ready, God. Like Simon Peter, I'm ready for a miracle. I'm ready for amazing. I'm ready for awesome. God, I'm ready for you to do something. I am sick and tired of the storm. I'm tired of the waves. I'm tired of the wind. I'm tired of the tumult in my life. I'm ready to see. And if it's got to keep blowing, God, I don't want to stand on the beach anymore and watch it. I want to be out there with you standing on top of it in victory because I've got others. Some of you are parents. I got little ones with me. I can't stand here and watch them out there. I got to get out there. So call me. Perhaps it is. And I think most of the time it is that, that our being called to be out there in the waves has more to do with our willingness. Our being called and the opportunity to receive a great miracle has more to do with our willingness to actually step when God says step than it does have to do with him liking us more than he likes someone else. It's about your willingness. Are you willing to step into the waves? The song that we sang last, last week, the, you call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. When that, those waves were picking me up, boy, I was, I was brave, man, because I was higher than everybody else. You make me brave. When it begins happening, and when you start feeling the power of God, and you start realizing the power of God is beginning to move through you, you begin to realize, wait a minute, this is God. Anything could happen in the next few moments. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made because you make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves and no fear can hinder now the promises that you've made. I am going to be victorious. This thing's, I mean, you, you start getting a little, almost a little cocky in his power, right? It's okay to get cocky in his power. You start to oh, wait a minute, something big's about to happen here. I feel something, I see something, there is some, I realize there's something different, something big's about to happen. And you begin to have the bravery and the faith and the courage. When you, when you begin to step out of the trust, then you begin to have that faith and courage to believe anything can happen. You see, that's what, that's what caused us. Last week, we, we took up an offering for Bill, uh, for, I'm sorry, for Cliff and Sharon Bishop, who, who are now in South Dakota. They were leaving this past week, and they're going there to work with their son for a month to help him in Native American. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. But they, they, they wanted, I don't know, if you know Cliff, you need to talk to him when he gets back. Just talk to him a little bit. You'll say, he, he, he is a guy that if somebody makes him sit down on the, la- on the chase lounge on the beach, he's a guy that he's standing up. So, okay, wait, when, when can we get back in the water? When can we get back? You, you need to talk. That's who he is. He can't wait for the call to come back. I mean, he's not a guy that prays for tornadoes, but when a tornado hits, he's the first one on Facebook that's starting to ask, okay, where's the damage at? Who needs help or whatever? And he's looking for ways and he's starting to gather his stuff. And looking for that. We've got, a, we've got a young lady in our church, Christiana. You know that she's gradu- just graduated from UAB, and we're going to honor her next week about that. But in just a couple of months, she is moving to Japan. Japan. And she has felt that this is, this is what God has called her. This is, this is the challenge that God has put in her life. Is to do Japan. Japan. You know, when, when they said, Japan, I'm almost like, Simon Peter, you want to step out of the boat? What, what Japan? <laughs> What's the deal with Japan? I, I don't know. Or, or, or uh, Mark and Shana Tant, members of this church. They were, in, they were in Italy as missionaries for six years before, before we met them. When they, when they came here and they started establishing a home here and they joined our church, they're part of us now. And after they were here a couple of years, they, they've gone back they, almost a year ago now. They, they went back and, and to, to continue the work that God has called them to do. What is it what is it that would make uh, Cliff Bishop's son pick up his family from, from Florida and move them all the way to South Dakota to, to minister to Native Americans that are not going to believe the him that he is there for the right purposes? What, 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 what would get inside of a young lady's heart at 22 years of age and to make her want to pick up and go to Japan? What in the world could make a, a young lady from Mississippi mar- marry a guy that's, you know, that has just gotten saved, just gotten into church, and, and immediately called in the ministry in Italy? What, is the world, what in the world could happen to make something like that happen? It's the call into the waves. It's the call of seeing that there is trouble, that there is, there is problem, there, there is torment, there is, there is torrential trouble that is happening in this world and God's calling me to be a part of solving some little piece of it. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that somewhere this week, 
Cliff Bishop is going to get the opportunity to minister Jesus to somebody because he's out in the waves. I know this morning, it's already past morning in Italy, somewhere in Italy this morning, Mark and Shana Tant had the opportunity to minister to somebody in Jesus' name because they're out of the waves. I guarantee you, Christiana is going to get the opportunity to minister the love of Jesus because she's headed into the waves. But sometimes we look at them and we say, yeah, that's the, that's the missionaries. They're the ones that get called. The calling's for everybody. Uh, the calling on our life. Seven years ago to, to plant a church. We've been here a little over six years now. To plant, plant a church like 2911. A church that is for people like us. That want to share Jesus with people instead of tradition with people. We want to plant Jesus, not tradition. We want to plant Jesus. To plant a church, to, to create a church, to, to build and launch a church that is for the people that don't have a church background. The unchurched they just don't have a church background. They don't know what any of this is about. That's why we don't need to mess with tradition. We need to talk about Jesus. A, a church for people, we sometimes call the D church, people who have been hurt in other churches. Because, hey, it happens. You know why, you know why people get hurt in church? It's because churches are full of people. And people hurt people. I mean, we, we do that from time to time, but we get hurt and sometimes it, it destroys us. And so we want to create a church for people to help people heal. And look around you, it's happening. Over 54% of the people that attend 2911 now were going nowhere before coming here. How did that happen? It didn't happen sitting on the shore. I, I, I tell you, when, when we launched, I was working three part-time jobs. I, I worked a couple of days downtown Birmingham. I worked one day a week in Coleman, and I was here on call for a, a church here in our area for their, in their accounting. I was, here, I was their on-call person. I was working three part-time jobs. It doesn't happen by standing here on the shore. It happens when you say, God, I want to do it. I, I, I got I to do something. I got to change. But it's not just missionaries and pastors either. All through the New Testament, God's word speaks to you that you were called. Let me show you real quick if I can. Second Timothy <laughs> chapter three. All scriptures God breathed. I read this to you last week, remember? And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay, all scriptures given us for this. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's calling you to do something. He's not calling you to sit on the shore, to sit on the sideline. He's calling us to do something. You know, there are a lot of people sometimes that, that, that they study the Word of God so that they can impress everybody with how much they know. That's not what this says the Word of God is for. The Word of God is not given to us so that we can just gather all the information. It is given to us so that we can know what to do and we can get out in the waves and we can do something. We can challenge. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. Who is we? We. Paul wasn't talking about himself and a, you know, a mouse in his pocket. He was saying, talk about us. We are God's masterpiece. And what was his masterpiece? Look at it. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things, the good things he planned for us long ago. When, when the Mona Lisa was painted, if she didn't have that smile, I mean, if you wipe the smile off, I mean, there's not much left. About, I mean, it's just a plain old painting other than the, the lady with the smile but it's the most famous work of art. I mean, you mentioned it, and everybody knows the Mona Lisa. It's the most famous work of art in the entire world. 
And, and, and it was the brainchild of the artist. It was the creation. And, and, and he created and he created it. And if you took the smile just one little piece away, you are the master. But next time somebody criticizes you, I started to say you'd say it right now, but I don't want to start any arguments in any marriages right here, okay? Next time somebody criticizes you, just look back at him and say, wait, 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 wait a minute. The Word of God says I'm a masterpiece. Okay, so you quit, 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 quit complaining about who I am. The Word of God says I'm a, you're a masterpiece. You're not perfect, and the Mona Lisa isn't either. You're a masterpiece. And he's created you to do awesome things. Uh, last one, this is the book of Titus. Titus 2, verse 14. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. If there's any doubt about who he's calling to do good things, amazing things. Well, that says good, Pastor. It doesn't say amazing. Yeah, amazing. Good things. I think the difference in good and amazing is up to you. Just like the difference in no works and good works is up to you. Are you willing to get out there? The difference in good works and amazing works is up to you also. If there's any doubt of who he's calling, look at who he's talking to right there. He said, the ones that he's died for. He gave his life to free us. He gave his life. He died for you to free you from sin. If he died for you, then freed you from sin and he cleansed you and he's made you his own. He's adopted you into the family and you can call him, you can call him Abba Father now because you're part of the family. If that's you, then this last part applies to you also, totally committing to doing good deeds. The call is to everyone that has ever been saved. Everyone who has ever accepted Jesus Christ. You have the call. Around here at 2911, we say that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. Everyone. And that verse right there proves it. Not just the missionaries, not just the pastors. Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. You see, true spiritual maturity is not about acts, or facts, I'm sorry, but about acts. It's not about what you know, it's about what you do with what you know. Doesn't mean you shouldn't read the Bible, you need to read the Bible so you know what to do, but it's about what you do with what you know. Last week I closed and I asked a very pointy question. Let me ask a couple of pointy questions real quick before we close right here. The first one is this for us to ask. Would our communities miss Church 2911 if we closed down? Wow, think about that. Would they miss us? You see, because it's not about what we say on Sunday morning. It's about who we are and what we do when we get out there in the waves with them all week long. But let me, let, let's bring this on home a little more individually, a little more personal. Will my community miss me when I die? How about it? If you die next week, how long will they miss you? How long will people realize that you're not there anymore? Would your, would your community, I mean, that's, that's a challenge, isn't it? Man, why'd God throw that on me this week? Pastor, why'd you have to ask those kinds of questions right here, right now? It's just so much more comfortable sitting here just watching the story. Yeah, it's comfortable. And sending a prayer out. Oh, God, you help that one out there. Just out there in the waves, God, you be out there with them, God. He wants to be out there with them. But we're his body. And so he calls us to be the body, his body that's out there with him. I got one last little thing but I want you to read this one with me, okay? You don't have to read it out loud, but I want you to read this with me right here, okay? 
Here it is. If not me, who? If not now, when? This is my time. Somebody say that. This is my time. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to, but I like the fact some of you did say it out loud. Say it again. This is my time. This is my time. You see, the, the waves and the storms and the problems, God has awesome timing. You are not standing at the shore looking into the storm by accident. This is your time. There's an amazing power that wants to use you to do something amazing in your own life and for lives around you. This is your time. Would you join me at the front, please? If you're a first-time attender, let me just explain. We like to close around front. I got one last little thought. We'll say a prayer. We'll sing a last song. And if you're comfortable, we'd love to have you join us around front. That's all we do. But we do offer prayer. If you've got a need, I, I, I don't want you to hurry out the door. I'd love for you to hang around. As a matter of fact, as soon as you get down here, anytime you see somebody in one of those prayers, grab them. Just ask them. Last week, I, I read you a scripture at the end where he says, if two agree concerning anything, it shall be done. If we agree right here, it'll be done even in heaven. Then by all means, go find one of those per, for people. If you need something done, you need God to do amazing this week, go find one of those people with a prayer lantern and ask them, would you agree with me that, and tell them what you want to happen this week. Word, that's the word of God says that that'll happen. Last thing. If you are not a follower of Christ, you've heard me say some amazing things today. And you, you think I'm preaching a, about all the followers of Christ. No, I'm preaching about you too. You have something amazing to do for God. You do. Even if you're not a follower yet, you have something amazing to do for him. And I invite you. Start following Christ today. Just, just open your heart to him and just say, I want you to be my savior. I want, I want to see amazing things happen in my life. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of being alone. I'm ready to follow you. And let God start doing amazing in your life too. And I always like, I always like to, when it, when it works out, is to give you some, just give you some how-tos. Let me show you some how-tos. Last slide up here. Here's a few things. Small groups. Some of you need to be hosting small groups. You're standing on the shore saying, yeah, we need some more small groups. And, you know, I could do this one, but and it, you know, some of you need to go home right now. And you need or sit down before you go out the door and log on and just and, and sign, up, sign up to host a small group. Or, or some of you need to be on a ministry team here. That's just where you fit. Worship team or the shock and awe video and, uh, and audio guys, the techs back there or the kids church and nursery or ushers or, or, or we've got other teams that work throughout the week doing things, working with events and the small groups. But you need, some of you need to, uh, that's where you fit. You need to do that. Or, or missions, like we received that offering last week. Uh, uh, we received an offering, Cliff and Sharon, their, their travel needs and the needs of, uh, of uh, a couple of things that we're trying to do if there was $1,000. Last week we took up an offering and got $900. There may be two or three of you here who need to write a $25, $50 check, make up that extra $100 so we can send that on to them. You know, or, or you need to be praying for them. Or, or the, uh, we took up an offering for a bus for our Romanian orphanage just a few weeks ago and raised uh, close to $3,000, just a little short of $3,000. You know, some of you may say, I, I didn't know about that. You want to give $50 or something or 100 or what and, and help us get to that 3000 
You know, or, or, or pray for Christiana, be a covering for Christiana and support her and find, get her, uh, get her, become her friend on Facebook so that you can communicate with her, you know, this, this fall and next year as she is there and working and ministering. The, the tents as well and praying for those. You, you, you need to be involved in the missions. You don't have to go somewhere to be involved in missions. Or serve week. Third week of August, we're doing serve week. Some of you, every one of you needs to get on a team and do something in the community for which you'll get nothing back. Don't do a favor for your neighbor because they're going to do a favor for you the next week. Do something for somebody that can't do anything back for you. Be a part of Serve Week. And some of you need to open your eyes and realize that God's going to use you to actually captain a team that week for Serve Week so that you can do something. God's going to let you see somebody that is floundering out there in the waves. And you're going to be the captain or a serve week team. Because it's all, this year it's all about one changed life. It's all about just every one of us seeing one changed life. It starts with us, but then to see one changed life. And how, does it, how is it going to happen? Start right now to listen. In these next few months we're about to pray. Listen. If you didn't hear that sermon, this is the third time I've said it. If you didn't hear that sermon last week, please hear it. Please listen to it. Listen and trust God that he's not leading you somewhere to destroy. He's leading you somewhere to, to see awesome and obey. Listen, trust, and obey.